Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Podcast, starring me, Diggs, and Johnny Rage. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is a powerful American pop culture podcast. And now, somewhere in cyberspace is Johnny Rage. Diggs, how you doing? How you doing, bro? It's all good, my friend. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really good. I just, uh, I eat one of my favorite foods, and it makes, it makes me happy. Before I eat it, thinking about it, while I'm eating it, and then of course when I'm done thinking about the wonderful bologna sandwich that I had, is bologna like the most perfect food ever created? I mean, it's perfect circular circular form. It's smooth exterior. It's when you bite into it, it just says yummy. Is there any food better than bologna? I think it's amazing how vanilla you are, how mayonnaise you are. You're, it's cool though because I want to be like you, because you don't need spices, you don't need colors, yeah. vivid colors. You just need a bland hunk of processed meat. That's beautiful. Yeah, but what kid in America isn't eating that same bland hunk of meat? Everybody, every. I don't care if you if you have a flair for Mexican, Italian. You go back to your roots and you like the bologna. Yeah, but no, we all know you like the bologna. But the the point is, I grew up. I'm a powerful man now. I mean, you <laughs> sit there, go ahead, eat your animal crackers, eat your bologna, <laughs> have your fruit by the foot. Oh, you gotta love life when you've got all three of those things: just fruit by the foot and bologna. My bologna has a first name. It's D A G S. Oh, Johnny Rage. Johnny Rage, we have a powerful podcast episode today. I hope so. Powerful. What's that? Glad. It's always powerful. Mm hmm. Powerful movie reviews. We saw the movie The U.S., (laughs) we saw Uh, The Highwaymen. Diggs, it's us. Us, not U.S. Us. All right. We We saw. We saw us in the U.S., us saw it. Mm-hmm. Us saw us in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You also enjoyed a a movie that goes a little bit under the radar. What was the name of that one? It's called Free Solo. Um, great movie. It's a documentary done by National Geographic. We can talk about that. About a world-renowned climber. And every every genre has the man. You know what I'm saying? Um. These, these rock climbers, boy, it opened up my eyes, and I'll talk about it here. There's a lot of money if you're good at anything. It just goes to show rock climbing is the same thing. But, you know, Diggs, I, uh, I knew this was a big moment here, this podcast, so I showered for the occasion. And um, I have a, I'm, a, I'm a little upset with the showering situation when it comes to the conditioner and the shampoo. How many times do you fight to determine which one's a conditioner and which one's a shampoo? Shouldn't they clearly mark shampoo? You know how both the bottles look identical? Can't we get, like, one of them offset? Or just the big word shampoo? But they're no, they're both identical. And there's that brief moment where you have to actually think about it. Okay, which one's a conditioner, which one's a shampoo? Can't life just be easier for us than that? Now, what would actually happen if you didn't use a conditioner? I mean, if you're just a man and you used a powerful bar of soap. You know, I've done that. And your you get your scalp gets really dry and scratchy. Um, because there was times when I was batching it, and I wasn't always the best at buying the necessities like the ladies, and so I rolled with the Irish Spring or something I think for about a week, and my head got real dry, a lot of dandruff and scratchy. Irish um, Spring is powerful because you what you do is you take your whittling knife and you just 
shave it and it shows a beautiful stratification of the colors. <laughs> you remember the commercials for it. And then some sex, sexy Irish lass will come up to you. I time to shower. <laughs> they do a lot of showering in Ireland, and I I enjoy uh, that. I do a lot of showering too, but I just want those shampoo bottles to have some. There's, I mean, just like in the United States of America, the stop sign is red. I think that's probably internationally. Let's make shampoo bottles red and conditioner bottles black. Is that okay? I'm fine with that. And I okay. want. But I also use soap on a rope. Do you use soap on a rope? Love soap on a rope. The number one gift to a father, when you didn't know what to buy your dad because you didn't have any money, we'd all run out to the five and dime and buy him the soap on the rope as a Christmas gift. <laughs> uh, the beauty of the soap on a rope is you always have somewhere to hang it. Two places. Right? Yes. Where did you hang yours, Dags? Where the sun don't shine. <laughs> Now, Rock and roll. About, I just see you kind of doing what you're supposed to, draping it around your neck. You talk about vanilla. I mean, that's where you draped your soap on a rope, isn't it? I don't have a pencil neck like you. I have a powerful man neck. Speaking of shampoo, Diggs, how about uh, Biden? Oh, powerful. Yeah. Powerful uh, joke. We were talking off uh, during our show prep about him. That's that's kind of cool how you stole my joke from yesterday. We did a powerful episode yesterday, but uh, Johnny Rage forgot to hit record, so that one got scrapped. <laughs> uh, and then he stole no, my uh, Joe Biden joke. Well, I was trying to, I didn't make a joke of it. I was trying to slide it back in. Hopefully we'd bring it back up. Because powerful. As I was reflecting on that, it brought back images of, you know how Biden, he's the creepy old guy and all that. And, you know, I actually saw some footage of him. In the White House, when he was welcoming, you know, there's always some celebration. They have to welcome or award somebody. But there was a bunch of little girls. They were in the White House, the Oval Office, for some reason. And he was doing some pretty creepy things and smelling their hair and fondling it. But it reminds me, Diggs, you know, you know how they're accusing him of, of sniffing? He likes to sniff hair, kind of his fetish. Yes. You were talking about Irish Spring and stuff. Wasn't there a, a shampoo called... Gee, your hair smells terrific. Gee, my hair smells terrific. Yes, powerful 70s, powerful 70s shampoo. And that's that's where they would actually sniff it on camera. So maybe Biden just, he maybe he has uses that. Gee, my hair smells terrific. And he wants people to smell his or just he thinks he's filming a commercial. Well, that's what a lot of people say they're sticking up for him, that he's just uh, trapped in the 70s. I don't know, man. The way I saw him... You got to go back to some of the tape. Pretty creepy, uh, the way he fondles. We'll just leave it at that. Maybe we could have a creep show reboot, and he could star in one of the stories. He certainly could. Without he was creeping me out as I watched him. With creep show was a powerful movie. I enjoyed that. Tell me about it. What do you What'd you like about it best? Well, Ted Danson was in there. That was mm -hmm. powerful. Did that kick off his career? I'm sure it did. Yeah. He went on to make the powerful Cheers, and then he made all these other movies, like, I mean, all these other TV shows I don't even know. Then his hair turned white. Uh-huh. When's your hair going to turn white? Hopefully. I don't know. I mean, men get away with that more than women can, don't you think? I mean, if guys go gray, they're just kind of like, wow. Some women, might even, some women might even think that's sexy. But women aren't. It's not as forgiving if a woman just lets herself go with the hair. Um, I don't think I. I don't think I could. I mean, I think I'll just leave it. It does. I, I, hopefully, I never do. I well, some some people's hair turns gray, and other people's turns white. Why is that, Dave? You know everything. It's a. I don't know. I think it's a powerful minerals in the earth. Or do you think it's really gray, but cast upon a bunch of gray, it just looks white? No, you mean it's kind of like the sky is blue and water and exactly we're getting very deep, very uh, very refractions and reflections and physics. Well, Diggs, I want to debate you some more on a topic we were talking about during our show prep. Um, you know, right now I'm in the market for a new phone, okay, and you felt that the camera was 
a fairly important piece to any phone with the quality of what they are. And I disagree with that point. So I want to keep just a little bit, talk more about camera thing, because you say you like the fact you're out and about, you like to snap a photo, and then you like the depth that the new camera offers. It's almost like a 3D that you could actually, you're invited into and you walk right into it. And I'm of the mindset, you know what, if I want a camera, I'll go get it. I'm not buying a phone for the camera. But now these phones, what is the purpose of the new phone? Explain it to me. Is it a phone? Is it a camera? Is it a computer? Is it Why GPS? It's everything. I know, but anytime a new phone comes out, what's the number one thing they always claim? Better camera. This camera was better than anything that's out on the market for crisp pictures. Is that important? Aren't we more concerned with, why doesn't anybody anymore say, well, how does it sound when I'm in a remote desolate area? Can I talk to my girlfriend or lover or boyfriend, whatever that might be? Wow, you're quite the, are we too fixated? Quite the polygamist there. Are we too concerned with cameras versus quality? We never hear quality anymore of the reception on the phone. Agree or disagree, Dan? Well, the camera thing, that's just a selling point. Because they're reaching a point where all the all the phones are good now, all the name brand phones are good. You know, they all have decent screens. They all have decent call quality. Everything they have powerful chips in them. So you're right. It gets down to they have to sell it, so they have to you know make the camera sound good. But I think taking pictures is a big deal. I mean, you should follow us on Instagram, Amish Baby Machine. I just put up a powerful picture of call of duty coasters they were scored from a powerful thrift shop find and they're powerfully guarded by jesse the body ventura and his cool blaine costume from the powerful movie predator and it's not a jesse the ventura doll it's an action figure by the way johnny rage oh really i i, I saw the picture i would never would have guessed <laughs> it's powerful isn't it but, you know, you, you, you're talking, I want to know, I don't want to know about the camera anymore. When we, when we see a new iPhone come out, tell me about the, the processor. Tell me about the sound quality. It seems like they show the sleek, sexy phone real quickly and they get caught up in the, are we all that concerned about our pictures? Well, I don't I think, I don't think you really care about the processor, do you? Because you don't do anything on your phone. Most people don't compute on their phone anyway. They take pictures, they surf the internet, they're on the social medias. Our Twitter is, by the way, at Amish B Machine. Make sure you follow us. Rumor has it some people even use it for porn days. I've never, I find that hard to believe. Is that true? I don't know what that is. Now, Johnny Rage, one thing that bugs me about phones is the case. You know, you talk about sleek, they make it sleek and sexy. They put Gorilla Glass on it. But then you have to put it in a, in a phone case because uh-huh. you have this $1,000 phone with this sleek, you know, aluminum or stainless steel. And you drop it once, it's scratched, it's bent up. Uh-huh. And then, you know, they use all these Gorilla glasses and all these hardened glasses and they still scratch and they still break when you drop them. So then you have to put a screen protector on them. Or do you? Because that's a whole other business that's evolved from the phone it's cases screen protectors but with gorilla glass well i can tell you i can tell you that i just broke my phone and i was forced to buy a new one okay but i don't think you had gorilla glass because that's i think that's only you didn't have a samsung i had chimpanzee glass yes all all the newer phones have hardened glass my point is then you have to put it in the giant beaver box you know and then you Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't even matter how sleek it was and they all look the same too you can't tell what a phone is anymore. They're just a you, square you, box. What bothers you is the fact that you spend extra money on the super slim, sexy iPhone, and then you get to enjoy it when you unbox it. You smell the newness of it, all just to kind of there's there's, there's rubbing involved also. <laughs> I thought you didn't know what porn was. No, I'm so talking I'm about all... rubbing the phone. What are you talking about? <laughs> rubbing the bone? I couldn't hear you. Oh, Johnny Rage is somewhere in cyberspace. So you unboxed it. It's sexy. It's fresh. You like the brand new back of it. You like the front of it, but then you got to kind of tuck it away in your ginormous otter box, like you said. 
and then it just looks like any ordinary phone. It doesn't matter how slim or sexy it really was, right? Yes, that's my point. That was my point last week when I was talking about socks. I said, why do we buy designer socks? Yeah, but I told you the deal with socks is the unveiling, the the peaking of it. Maybe your pants go up and you sexily show your SpongeBob pants, <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants socks. You can so see you it. To, but so what watching? are you going to do with your phone? You're going to just say, hold on, let me take off this giant rubber case and then I'll show you the edge. Oh, that sounds dirty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. With the sock, yeah. there's a little peekaboo, like we talked about. Yeah, but are you like sitting down and just kind of slowly lifting your pant leg up? <laughs> yes, it's oh, the peekaboo. Yes. Dags, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about you, man. If you're sitting in all these public places and you're you and Biden would get along really, really well. <laughs> there's two kind of people. There's exhibitionists. And there's, and there's uh, and then there's voyagers, those people that go on trips and they voyage everywhere. Oh man, I'll tell you. Oh, bro, you're tripping. Now tell us about that movie you saw about the climber. You know, I think it's more um, popular than one might think. It's called Free Solo. Um, the guy's name is Alex Hanad. I think is how you say it. H O N N A D. They never say his name during the movie, but it's in the credits. They say. Alex, of course, I know how to say that. But um, this guy um, is a natural born climber, started at a very young age. And I'm talking about um, mount, not, a, not like a Mount Everest mountain. I'm talking about like, I don't even know what, I'm not into rock climbing, but this is actually those um, sheer faced mountains that are like rock that are 2,000 feet high. And the particular one that he really wanted to climb was in Yellowstone, and it's called El Capitan, which I find kind of funny because I'm wondering if um, Apple has an operating system called El Capitan. Interesting. And that must have been where they got the name, therefore. But um, the guy climbs mountains, not a big story, but he climbs them without ropes, okay? And they call that free solo. It's so kind of like how we do this podcast. There's no safety nets. There's no ropes. No, no. no. We, we expose ourselves to danger, but we solve for the fly, right? Um, but, you know, you reminded me when you said nets, no safety nets. I'm digressing, but it reminds me when I used to go to the circus as a kid and they had the trapeze artists. And they would always have the net beneath them, as we know. To me, it was always like, with that net down there and the spring action you get, I kind of wanted to fall. I would want to fall. It would be fun falling. Why can't we have trapeze artists without, they're not really daredevils. They got that nice little spongy net beneath them. But when, when you talk about this free solo, this Alex guy, um, his goal in life was to free solo without a rope up El Capitan. And this is a documentary about how he trained for it. And kind of the backstory, his life, how he got started, how he enjoyed um, climbing. I think I think most would find this really, really interesting because I had a friend who pointed me to it, and I'm like, oh, I'm not watching a documentary about a mountain climber. It's more than that. It's, he's more of an extreme sport guy, um, young kid, super fit. Um, and again, when you see the views. Here is a moment where your 4K TV would really pay off with this documentary because they show him high above on the cell Capitan climbing it with a view below. It's like, oh, my God, you actually get butterflies in your stomach as this is all being unveiled right before your very own eyes. And he actually climbs the cell Capitan 2,500 feet up in the air without ropes. It's unbelievable. It's, it's well worth the watch, I'm telling you. Let me ask you this. Is it as powerful as the 1993 film Cliffhanger starring Sylvester Stallone? Different altogether, more of a drama. Um, this is, and of course, that's, that was fiction. This is uh, true. Bullshit. Everything he does is real. You know what I thought out about Sylvester Stallone? Maybe you knew this, Diggs. Did you know that the character Rocky was actually based loosely on a true story yes are you just saying that Diggs? 
No, I know everything, and we know that. You know everything? The flock knows that. The flock knows this? He actually went to the boxing match. It was between Muhammad Ali, and I'll have to check my show notes here. Ask the name of the box. You think I would remember it? I thought you would knew the story that you might remember the name of the guy. His name was Chuck Wepner. But he actually went to the boxing match when Muhammad Ali fought this guy. And the guy didn't beat Muhammad Ali, but he took him the distance. That day, Sylvester Stallone, who was in the audience, went home and wrote the, uh, the Rocky, uh, Rocky number, Rocky one, the first one. Um, all kinds of interesting movie notes and tidbits I give you when you listen here to the Amish baby. Now, what do you give this, uh, the review of this powerful movie that you enjoyed? I'm going to give it, uh, again, thanks. Remind me, is, is it five buggy wheels or four is the best? Five is the best. Okay. I'm not going to go so far as to say a five, but I'm going to give it a four, definitely a four. It was very, very good. I thought, and here's the deal, as the dude's climbing up the mountain, National Geographic has to have cameras following him. So your cameramen are, are um, mountain climbers, okay? rock climbers. There's a difference between mountain and rock. This guy's a rock climber, okay? And, but he, he just describes the burning sensation in his arms because of how he has to hold on to the smallest of nubs, the smallest of tiny little nubs. The strength that this guy has in his fingers. That's kind of like you when you get down to that last chicken McNugget. That tiny little nub that you have to hold. I have superpowers if anybody tries to grab that for me, too. You know? And when it falls on the floor of your vehicle, I've got skills, man. I can kick it over to my the middle of my two feet. My two feet then become like grippers. And then I get get it up to about a foot and a half, and then I reach down, grab it, and pop it right back into my mouth. I've got skills. Now, in this movie, did they do the typical uh, documentary where they do the antagonist, the protagonist, and they made one one guy like the cool bad guy, or was it like that? No, no. This is a guy in his journey through trying to realize the dream that he had of of doing a free solo on El Capitan. Now, there was people that tried to like his girlfriend tried to talk him out of it. Um, but what do you mean in sense of what? How would somebody come into that? You know, in typical uh, documentaries, they have a, they have like a bad guy. You know, no, like in Pumping Iron, they had Arnold was the, you know, oh, the, yeah, the antagonist yeah. and Lou Frigno was. I see like another competitive uh, yes. rock climbing guy that doesn't want to see him do it. So plants, don't you, know, you shouldn't do this. But here's the deal, though, with these rock climbers. I didn't realize. Um, they are, it's becoming so, so competitive in terms of getting paid. I mean, there's so much money in it that these guys are pushing themselves to the limit because it just means a bigger payday for them. Now, this guy is probably set for life because of what he did, but he also risked his life to do it. But there's just like in golf or, or, or any other sport, there's huge sponsorships with them. You know, Patagonia, uh, the North Face, um, Columbia, all the, the stuff that you would associate with outdoor and they get these big contracts to wear the, the advertisements. So you, I'm sorry, did you say about four out of five buggy wheels, or what did you give it? Four. I'm giving it four buggy wheels, days. All right. Do you want to get into uh, the Us movie we enjoyed, too? Yeah. we. Um, you had some time to reflect on it, you said. You know, I did. You and I went out there the other day. It was all for show prep. We do this for the, for the flock so they don't have to. Um, I heard a lot about it. Um, it's the, it comes from, uh, is it Jordan Peele? Um, his first movie of course was get out. I saw that one as well. That, that, uh, had rave reviews. I didn't think it was that good. This one also had rave reviews. And and this is what I'm going to tell you, Dig. If you ever go to YouTube, they always have, if you want the, um, explanation of why a movie did certain things in it. You can go to YouTube and they'll explain it to you. If you have to go to YouTube after a movie to explain it to you, it wasn't a very good movie, is the way I say it, the way I look at it. So what are you saying? What, what was the premise of the movie? Well, the premise of the movie was you have um, this family who goes to their summer vacation home. Sounds like, it looks like they do it every year. And we get there, I'm going to speed this up. They're met by 
they're dangle doppers or whatever you want to call it, your lookalike, who have been living underneath in the tunnels and and uh, train stations of below ground for many many years, and they decide at this point in time to to come out and rear the ugliness of themselves and and take over the their doubles by killing them. And um, so, are we think, even going to bother with spoiler alerts? Well, I mean, you got. <laughs> so I think, I think the trailer alone kind of sets the stage for this. So, um, this family is being terrorized by their lookalikes, and um, you think, I think, if the movie would have just focused on the one family, and then just did the terror throughout for an hour and a half, it would have been fine. But no, these lookalikes or these, what do you call them, dangle gangers, boppers, whatever. Doppelgangers. Uh, doppelgangers, thank you. Um, they come out and there's one for each person in the world and they're coming out, they're coming up and uh, attacking their doubles all across the 48 contiguous. And they come out and jump their, their orange jumpsuits and a pair of scissors. And that's the uh, weapon of choice. That's how they kill their double is by taking his large scissors and killing him. Um, of course, all the other doppelgangers immediately kill their, their human counterpart, except for this particular family. For whatever reason, they're not killed immediately. So there's kind of a, a break in the armor of the whole story. Why, were, why weren't they immediately killed? There were so many opportunities for that to happen, and yet it didn't. But yet their neighbors, they go to the neighbor's house, and as soon as their doppelganger shows up, they're killed immediately, okay? I didn't like that about the movie. Um, the young girl, where this all starts out with, goes to kind of a, um, what would you call that house on the beach? It'd be something you'd see at the... Uh, like a house of mirrors? Kind of like a house of mirrors. And she goes through it, and she meets her doppelganger immediately, and that's where the story, that's how the whole story begins. And I don't want to give that away too much because that would really be a spoiler alert. But um, again, a lot of gratuitous violence, um, typical horror movie. I didn't understand a lot of it. And that's why I was saying earlier, if you have to go to YouTube, a YouTube video to understand a movie you just saw, I don't think they, it was produced correctly because you have to find out, okay, what did they mean by all this? Do you agree with that, Diggs, or no? Yeah, and how much of it was supposed to be comedy? You know, I, to me, it was like a two-hour joke about Hands Across America. Uh -huh. It started out cool, like the opening scene with all the rabbits and the weird music. Uh -huh. That that got you, right? That seemed kind of cool? Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, you're like, what's going on? The rabbits and that weird music. So that Let me interrupt you there. Let me interrupt you there for one second. I thought the initial scene of the rabbits dragged on way too long okay i get it but then they were panning away forever and ever and ever and ever as you recall days you had to wake me up in that but it was a very slow burn in the beginning so go ahead so it started out kind of cool and mysterious you didn't know what was going on with those rabbits and the music and then you have the family the family was too generic to me and, and none of the actors i liked there was no one i really liked you know the dad was a big dork and the the mom and the kids are annoying. And then it got into it too quick. And then all of a sudden you see out there, you see the, the doppelgangers, you know? Yeah, you see, I couldn't disagree with you more. You said then it got into it too quickly. I thought the setup for that movie was way too long. If you remember, you took your hand and you nudged me to wake me up. Yeah, you see what I have to put up with? I got a big uh, Johnny Rage passed out snoring in the seat next well, to me. It, it, I disagree. You said it got away too quickly. Not at all. It was a slow, slow burn. It's like, let's get on with this. You know, I thought over time, though, the father became more endearing. I kind of enjoyed his humor. Um, he did get a little better. Okay, l let me uh, go on. You tell. You're right. It was boring. But what I'm saying is when, once they got it, the the villains, they showed him right away. And then, th then the movie was kind of over with. I thought, you're right, it was, it was a very slow burn, but maybe give hints about the villains or the, the creatures, whatever you want to call them. You know, maybe show a little glimpse, build some uh, tension, some suspense. Mm 
they went with the the slow buildup. I'll agree with you on that. And then right away, just showed them, and then they attacked right away. Uh-huh. And and they were annoying. The villains were annoying. There nothing about it I really liked. And it was, and then they turned it into a kind of like a zombie apocalypse. You know, we're all uh-huh. over the world. The you know the the cliche, the old trope of. They watch the news, and the newscast shows them mm-hmm. attacking mm-hmm. everyone in like every zombie movie. Mm-hmm. So I and there was a little humor in there, you know. They had like the NWA when that came on when they're trying to call the police using Alexa. Mm-hmm. They had the generic whatever it was called, Ophelia or whatever. Yeah. So all in all, I went into it went into it without you know um, prejudging it, and I didn't like it. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, Diggs, you're a hard cat to read because Oh, and the the lady the that annoying the voice blah, blah, you know when yeah. she talked like that was annoying. The little kid running around with the mask on was annoying. Now now, did that kind of seem to you like that was a quick money grab to come up with a Halloween costume? The orange jumpsuit, the wrestling mask that the young kid had on. Didn't that look like okay, they've got future Halloweens in mind when they made this thing and then the scissors the scissor prop to me that had nothing more than a new costume to have at the upcoming halloween and for for next year my point is you're going to see a lot of those people in an orange jumpsuit probably that that white wrestling mask and and a pair of scissors would you agree with that or not well i don't know i haven't thought about it that much but it makes sense but and it's like what is it supposed to be 1986 and they always have to show the you know the cliche of the Rubik's cube. Mm-hmm. Like the or or everything's got to be. You ever notice when they make like an '80s movie or whatever period piece, everyone has to have a shirt on from the band at that time, and the car is from that time. But there's no overlap. Like in real life, most people didn't have money to get every T-shirt they wanted, every poster, mm-hmm. and every car wasn't from 1986. Most people could afford a car that was ten years before. Right. right. So they try to cram in too much. Like, I get it. It's the 80s, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and, it that, made, and the movie made so much thing. damn money, too. Uh, uh, what is that at now? I don't know. Okay. I really do. Th- I was looking at movies yesterday because I, I had an inch, itch to go to another one. And there's, like, nothing out there. And I do think that that's a product of Panther, Black Panther, and this one. There's just nothing else out there. because. I, I just, of course, we went to the movie. No, I, I mean, I have to disagree. I think it's the hype machine. They, they're masters on uh, social media. Speaking of social media, please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine. Like our Facebook page. We're on Instagram, YouTube. We also have powerful merch. Please go to our website, AmishBabyMachine.com. Check out our T-shirts, mugs, hoodies. Another great way to help support this podcast is through the merch. Also, we do have a Patreon page, patreon.com. Links on our website also. And we are on all major podcast sites. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Please listen. Please share. And also make sure you leave a review. Five star is the best. If you leave a five star review, you will unlock secrets to the universe. Now, Johnny Rage, what were you going to say? Um, you know, Dags, I lost my train of thought <laughs> after that long uh, um, little PSA that you did. Um, it'll come to me, though. Continue on. Well, I also, I, I enjoyed a movie on Netflix, The Highwaymen. Uh-huh. And that, that was uh, about the story of Bonnie Clyde. It was two Texas Rangers that the, the governor of Texas hired to track down and find them. Right. And that was a period piece. Did you watch did you watch the trailer of that at all? I did. You sent it to me. And I do how did the I didn't watch it, but how do um the cast work how did Woody Harrelson and uh Costner work oh, together? They were great together. They were, okay. So the movie itself, I don't know if think you would like it. It was a slow burn. It was kind of like I think it was going for the feeling of down south where it's hot and everything moves slowly. It was kind of cool to see the aspect of how many law enforcement, what it took to catch these people. It was amazing. I mean, they, they came all the way. They robbed a bank in Minnesota. Oh, did they? Yes. Now, where, what, where was it? Southern Minnesota. 
I wonder so, if they have uh, Bonnie and Clyde days because that's typically what you do when you have a historic event like that. So they um, went. Th- these guys they played the game that uh, interstate crimes. It wasn't a federal offense, so they would skirt the law by going to different states, and they would get police out of their jurisdiction so they couldn't follow them. Ah. It's an amazing. It's you should watch it just for the history. And the, I am a history buff. The movie itself wasn't that great, but I really oh. did enjoy the chemistry between uh, Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner. They should definitely make another movie together. So you're not, you know, Diggs, I know what I was going to say. Remember you just asked me a couple minutes ago and I said, geez, I forgot. Um, you're a tough cookie to please, man, when it comes to a movie. I don't remember of all the movie reviews that we've done or that you heard of where you actually said, yes, I like this. Um, the only one I can think of that comes to mind is 300, and that's six years old. I mean, is there any movie that comes to mind that you weren't so negative on? I'm trying to think of a recent movie that I enjoyed. Go to your genre of uh, your Marvel stuff. Any of that? I like the original Spider-Man movie. was good. I liked yeah, but how old is that? Well, you just said genre of the superheroes. Well, I guess I meant within the last nine months, okay? A year. I like the Avenger movies. They weren't great. Sepia tones. Yes. I prefer classic gangster movies, solid comedies. So recently, I'm trying to think. I can't think of a movie recently that I liked. Boy, what a difficult life you lead then to try to find enjoyment in something that just doesn't exist for you. No, The Highwaymen was good. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but I did, I did enjoy the chemistry between Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson. Definitely need to make another movie together. Thanks. Do we have that same chemistry of Woody? Who am I, Woody Harrelson or Kevin Costner? Um, you're a coach, the guy that died. Oh, I forgot about that poor soul. So I don't even rank up there with, I see myself more of a Woody Harrelson. You are a Woody Harrelson. Thank you. He's turned into a cool character actor that can do, what's cool about him is he can do the dopey kind of guy, but then he can kind of do the evil guy too. Yeah, he, um, he's done several movies where he, uh, and, and you want to talk about a typical, somebody that would be typecast, it'd be him. The stupid, dumb bartender from Cheers. He goes off to White Man Can't Jump, and you're thinking, boy, no, he's not the stupid bartender from uh, Cheers. This guy can act, and he's good. You know, I thought he did a phenomenal job in that movie. I love that movie. One of my favorite movies. You probably hated it. Which movie? White Man Can't No, Talk. that was, I love Wesley Snipes. Okay. No, that was a good movie. So you like New Jack City too? Oh, I love New Jack City. Did you like him Gangsta, I li- Like I said, I love gangster movies. Gangsta. Who's your favorite gangster? Who do you connect with, do you think? Are you talking about a character in a movie or a real life gangster? Or? A, real li- a real life gangster. That's a good question. That's a powerful question. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got your Al Capone. Mm-hmm. You got your Frank Nitti. Mm-hmm. Powerful. They all have powerful qualities that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Clemenza. I always like the names from uh, Vitalia, Clemenza from uh, Godfather. All the different families. Um, beautiful name, the Italian. Uh, underground mobsters Italia, and they had great they had great great uh they had great nicknames too mm-hmm. you know big nose and two times and mm-hmm. now who would create those because i can't imagine they flattered themselves was it like the police departments that would do that because they they killed a certain way so the cops would just shorten up the name and say uh bloody fingers or something like that or who else who those names, I always wondered who created them. I know, I think it's a combination of everything. You know, it's neighborhood neighborhood nicknames, and I'm sure the cops had their own names for them. Oh, who and the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood, a bunch of gangsters. Hey! Sorry, I apologize. Johnny Rage, I was, uh, I was at the grocery store. You ever notice at the grocery store, when people are getting samples, they start talking to the server? Like... Mm-hmm. 
they're all, oh, yeah. And it's like, come on, dude, you're not going to buy shit. Just stop trying to talk to them. Just take the sample and move on. They always have these conversations, and the, the poor server has to explain to them, oh, yeah, and this is on sale, and this is our maple, and this is our hirachi sauce or whatever the hell now, it's called. I got, I got a question for that now. Do you feel compelled to buy, like there's a commitment because they gave you some food, or can you just easily walk away? I mean, that's the thing. They trap you. Exactly. So you do kind of, you get kind of nervous and awkward and like, oh, thank you. And you know, you know, they fed you. You feel like they did their part. Now you should do your part by walking to this cooler. And there's that awkward moment where you're like, oh, should I grab one? But then you do, and then you just leave it behind on a shelf, maybe 40 feet away. Um, well, I can tell you something about samples. Yeah. Anything in a small sample tastes good. It's the ratio of flavor in your mouth. See, they give you the little sample, and you're like, oh, this is great. But you eat a lot of it and not so much. It can be overwhelming. It's kind of like cookies, you know, Toll House cookies, the chocolate chip cookies. In a cookie form, they're good. But I don't like them in the big brownie pan too much. Ooh, okay. And then there is a powerful popcorn incident that happened to me at the grocery store. Uh Oh, what happened? Well, you know how they give you the samples in those little teeny cups? Yeah. Well, apparently I reached into the main bowl and ate some popcorn. Oh. I, I guess you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> That's uh, bad etiquette. That. Yeah. Well. So they had to throw out the whole bowl, and I'm like, well, if you're going to throw it out, just give me the rest of the popcorn. I'm trying to think. I did something similar where I grabbed it, but I didn't use the little cup that's provided. I think I tried to grab it out of the cup. No, 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 sir. You just ruined everything. You're a complete failure. I mean, they just shame you to death. You know, and all you're trying to do is sneak the grape, and you didn't want them to even see it because you didn't want to have eye contact, and that means you have to buy it, like we were talking about earlier. Kind of like when I go into a gas station just to pee. Do you feel compelled to buy something, or do you just kind of race in and race out? Do you, and do you think they roll their eyes at you? Oh, there's he's a pisser. That's a pisser. I get I get this guilt like, crap, I should buy some licorice or something. Cause, but then I'm like, oh, no, they're not looking. Hit it. And you're right. You're like, if they're... They're kind of tamping their foot down and like rolling their eyes, like, oh, he's just a tourist pissing cheap son of a beep, beep. So now they they know that though at a, at a convenience store, they know there's going to be a large amount of people that are just come in and piss, you know? I know, but they don't like that. I mean, they, they want the bathrooms for paying customers only. So, what I'm asking you is, what do you think about if you're in a small town and there's an antique store and you go in there and just take a big dump? <laughs> and Why then. Is <laughs> as long as you don't plug the toilet and then and then you know in those antique stores you, they can just they size up right away you're not buying shit <laughs> oh look honey this is really nice yeah, get the fuck out of here you're not buying shit well, i want to know why you pick an antique store to go take a shit well that's <laughs> see that's that's the beauty of it that's small town america i mean uh, any, anyone can go in a convenience store and stink it up <laughs> And I want I want to I want more variety in the vending machines in the bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. What would you put in there? Well, they always got the rubbers in there. You talk about the sexual stuff, or you want? Yeah, food? exactly. I want I want other things. Maybe you know. Food, so we can eat while we take our shit. Yeah. Well, things to read because you know you have to read. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some. Yeah, shampoo bottles. Okay. Now let me ask you: when you whenever you do go to the bathroom, and the ratio for men to women, men always get in and get out, but women, there's always, there's always like five women waiting. And yet the males, the male bathroom will be wide open. You find it odd. Sometimes I'll just tell my wife, don't, don't wait, just go to the men. And she's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I mean, is that like that big of a deal? Because I oftentimes, if the ratio is, is men, there's more men than women. I'll jump over to the woman. I mean, is there this unwritten rule? I know there's an unwritten rule we shouldn't do that. That's uh, forbidden land. But, man, if you got to go, does it matter what the gender says on the door? What would well, you I do? used to get that at the, remember, at the, you're at the stadium, and the men have to pee in those big giant bathtub troughs, you know? Yes. And then you always got the one woman that would come in and everyone get all excited, and she'd <laughs> use the pisser in the men's, you know? Yeah, that's why yeah. I welcome the whole gender equality, gender bathrooms. Just everyone use whatever. 
Yeah. Then just I agree. You know. Just use what's open, right? Especially if the bathrooms are a single stall and they lock. Why do we have to have a man and a woman's just kindly use what's open, go about your business and get out, okay? Do you think they should have uh iPads in there? I wouldn't want to touch them. I People mean Do you uh, do you take retro dumps where you don't have any you don't have your phone with you? No. I mean that's a must. To me it's an event if you go into the bathroom, okay? You kind of you know how when you go to movies you kind of set yourself up. That's what I do in the bathroom. Set up shop. You got to set up shop and you got to enjoy it, you know. And it's not downtime. You can get a lot done. You can check emails. You can make phone calls. Um, I get really good at disguise, <laughs> disguising my voice. You know, I kind of get turned on by calling people when I'm in the bathroom to see if they bust me or not. And some people have zero idea. And you can tell. And then I'll flush the toilet deliberately say, <laughs> guess where I am? <laughs> you know. But, no, I, I really I really go in there and set stuff up when I get in there. You know. And do you like the fancy ones where they put the marble in and everything? I don't care about that. Just give me toilet paper. How about and, the sinks? Do you like the weird sinks, like the ones where they're just flat in the water? It's some optical illusion where it looks like it should pour in the floor and it just drains by itself. No, Diggs, you say that I'm just a vanilla guy. Just give me water is all I ask for. Now, when you reach for the toilet paper, do you like Q-tip it where you just wrap endless sheets around your fist and then go in? Or are you like one sheet, you go in? I think you're really getting personal there, Johnny Rage. Spare a square? You really brought down the the IQ of this entire show. I'm trying to keep it highbrow when you're talking about that. So let me ask you this, the bidet. Do you think Americans should adopt a bidet? God, yes. I wouldn't have to go in and Q-tip it anymore, you know. Uh, I could get gently fresh and clean in the middle of the day without even showering, you know feel comfortable well the beauty is they warm up the seat too that's part of the experience gosh that'd be like heaven how do you feel about bathroom attendance do you you think we should bring that back no i don't want anybody in there when i'm you don't want someone handing you no mints and Mm -mm. no that's a place a free I, i free solo in the bathroom okay um i don't need anybody to be around and what i do like is i was in a bathroom just yesterday and there was paper everywhere now are you a guy that likes to reach for towels or do you like the the hot air blowing at you i hate that hot air stuff well we know it just sprays the bacteria everywhere i know and i just hate i just hate the sound of it the feel of it i like knowing and i'm kind of a big germ fold when it comes to this i don't like to touch a door handle in a bathroom so if i have the paper i can use the paper to open up the door handle and push it out and get out so, then everyone throws it on the ground. Then you then then you're halfway out and you try to hit the basket and you miss it, and that's why all the papers on the floor. So, I would enjoy that, a soft terry cloth towel. That's what they should to, offer. Country clubs do a hot, nice hot towel. Yes. You just don't make enough money, thanks, to do that. Enjoy the finer things in life. That's why they should support our powerful podcast through Patreon patreon.com yes yes now johnny rage i want to ask you about backpacks do you wear backpacks never part of my um obsession in life is trying to figure out what year adults started wearing backpacks and i want to know do you carry shit around because a lot of people carry the backpacks and they don't have anything in them and they're not and they're not they're well because i know so and then you wear the backpack and you're banging into shit, you know, people next to you on the bus or whatever, on the trains, planes, automobiles. And then people can reach in and steal your shit, too. Well, I mean, what kind of backpack are you wearing? One that the United States Army, you're enlisted? I mean, those are big backpacks. The ones that I see, they streamline them now. There's there's the fanny pack, which can be considered a backpack. Are you bringing that back? No, but I'm saying what type of backpack are you wearing where people are going through it and stealing stuff as you're wearing no if you if you are if you're a mass transit and you have backpacks people bump into you and they can steal shit from your backpack yeah but everybody knows you roll the backpack to a front pack when you're in a public space like that okay number one rule rotate 
Yeah, people people don't do that. Now, Johnny Rage, do you carry stuff around or not? A lot of weight. Does that count? Oh, it does. I really don't. I, I'm like a, a hit-and-run specialist. I want to get in and I want to get out. You know? I know what you mean, though, when we're traveling over the 48 contiguous United States, my family, we just kind of park, and then we walk out. But then you'll see these families. They'll get out of their vehicle. They'll each pull out their backpacks. They'll put supplies in there enough to last like a week in the desert. And I'm like, what are they doing? You know, and it's, and then uh, hours later, you'll bump into this family and that they're at a park bench enjoying a crystal fresh water and like a sandwich. And you're at that moment going, God, I'm thirsty. I wish I did have a backpack. You know, I'm kind of laughing at them when they're first getting out of their vehicle. But then they're laughing at me because now I got to go spend money at the store. So. But it's not even travel. People wear backpacks daily in their commute in their lives what are they hiding what are they carrying but see that's what i'm saying you're too old there is a certain time when kids had backpacks and then a transition to adults yeah i can remember though my kids having the door of the explorer backpack and then it was uh you know multiple different cartoon characters so they were popular they've been going on quite some time here Dags. Well, that's what I'm saying. The transition from backpacks to adults. Yeah, I can't. What year? Can't, uh, 1972. Yep. See, powerful thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Johnny Rage, did you have a powerful time tonight on this powerful episode? I did, and I, I was going to actually think about sniffing your hair like Biden does, but I remembered one thing: you don't have any. So I embrace it. I'm a man. You are. I'm affected by I'm affected by testosterone. You're not. See your estrogen levels way higher than mine. And until next time, Johnny Rage, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Podcast. We hoped you enjoyed this episode of the Amish Baby Machine Podcast. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is available on iTunes and on the Stitcher Radio app, available for iPhone, iPad, Android, and Kindle Fire. Please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine and visit our webpage www.amishbabymachine.com. Thank you for listening. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production, all rights reserved.